0: Probably what everyone thinks is that I like to tell people no, and it's that's really not the case. Finding ways where you can get someone to uh, to a solution to a problem rather than just saying, no, you can't do that. It's it's no, but maybe you can do this.
1: Welcome to Seaside 101, where your hosts, Aiden and Mary. This podcast is a collaboration between the City of Seaside and Seaside High School. In this series, we're interviewing Seaside City officials to learn more about what goes on behind the scenes, the goal being to educate the public and inspire people to get involved in their communities.
2: In today's episode, we're interviewing Kevin Couples, who's our planning director.
1: All right, so let's just start with that. So, uh, planning director, uh, would you be in charge of, is that the planning department, is that right? Right. Okay, so what exactly does that, what do you guys do?
0: so so the planning department reviews all land use applications um i know that you spoke to the building official earlier and so for example the school um, the school went through a lot of planning processes in order to get the property inside the city limits get the zone established for it and it's probably a good example of something that started from the beginning before you could actually put the school here and then changing the land use regulations so that you could actually do the school and then having the planning commission review that school application. So the, the planning department deals with daily submittals of things, you know, as simple as someone wanting to build a garage, uh, attach a garage to their house or, you know, do something on their property. That's all regulated by the city's comprehensive plan and zoning ordinance. And so our our department basically deals with looking at whatever the land use regulations are and then applying those to whatever development permit request is is being submitted. So basically, if somebody wants
1: to do like pretty much anything significant with their property, they come to you guys? Yeah, for the most part, that's it. Uh,
0: What's your specific role as a leader? So I pretty much oversee the day-to-day planning, um, but then I also act as the... The principal staff liaison to the city seaside Planning Commission and the city council, so if the um, if the Planning Commission is going to be reviewing something because there's there 's different levels of review there 's reviews that we we can do in the office that 's just a prescriptive thing where oh you know your addition is it going to meet setbacks, is it going to meet lot coverage? Then there's higher levels of things where you're making a request for something that isn't just permitted outright. It's something that has to be reviewed by a committee, and that's our planning commission. And then there's other things where if you're getting ready to actually change the land use laws like they did in order to to allow for the school, that that's actually making a law. And so in, in that case, I'm helping with writing the planning commission reports. They make a recommendation to the city council and then the city council is the lawmaking body for the city and so then that's the next step up. Why is the planning department necessary? If you have a city in the in the state of Oregon, mm-hmm. those cities all have regulatory ordinances and, and the planning department is there to really, um, I guess, be the, the people that review things that say, oh, these are on the city books as laws. And then we have to apply those laws on people's land use requests. All right. So, getting into kind of your background, what's what's your education? What's your path towards this? Um, I went to school in Southern Oregon. Uh, got a four year bachelor's degree in geography. Um, geography isn't technically a planning study, but it's how people relate to the physical environment or the land. Mm-hmm. And so, for planning, it's 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 a it's an ideal stepping stone for moving into um, planning. And then while I was going to school, I also um, uh, did an internship down in one of the local planning departments there, in addition to other coursework that was related to planning.
2: Do you have someone that has played like a significant role in your
0: life? Um, well, definitely both of my parents, both of my parents were um, high school teachers. And I think I got a lot from them not just growing up, but even into adulthood after I left college and went into the workforce, I was still learning from them. They, they were really good role models and being teachers, that was their natural thing was, oh, well, well I'll help you learn this. I also worked, uh, well, Bob and I both worked for um, the uh, community development director down in Coos Bay. I, I probably learned more about planning from him than in any of my coursework, he was a really good mentor, and uh, I learned a lot from him. Uh,
1: what inspired you to get into this? From uh, you said geography.
0: Yeah, it. I mean, it, it kind of. I didn't. I didn't start out in school saying, "Oh, I want to become a city planner." Right. That that wasn't it. But the more time I spent in planning, and the more time I got coursework that dealt with planning type issues, um, and then doing the internship, that really kind of sparked my interest in in getting into doing city planning. And how long have you been
1: doing this since oh. you graduated?
0: So I've only worked in the state of Oregon, uh, 34 years total, about a year and a half at a county planning agency in Southern Oregon, and then uh, nine and a half years for a different city. And then I've been here at the city of Seaside for about 23 years. So it's something you have to
1: want to be a part of. Uh, what's your favorite part that keeps you like,
0: coming back? I would say probably problem solving. Um, there's lots of times when people come in with a development proposal and it just won't quite fit whatever the regulations are. and it's the the fun part of my job is is really finding a way that they may not get exactly what they wanted, but they can get really close to what they wanted. and and that's it, it's a challenge to work through the regulations to do that um, or go through whatever application processes they have to to maybe get that. Um, and I mean, the school would be a good example. I mean, it started out, I didn't do all the planning work for that, not by any stretch of the imagination, but it was, I guess it was fun to go through the process and see how things were going to work, were going to come together, how they were going to solve certain problems and, and doing that I think is the, is the fun part of planning.
1: So for the, the school is probably, I wanna say one of the biggest projects we've had recently. Yes. Um,
0: it was very big. Right. What goes into that sort of thing? Um, well, there. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of the work for the school was actually done by the by the consultant that the mm-hmm. school district hired. But um, navigating through both the, the planning commission review and the city council review. And in the case of the school, it even involved the county because you were you were looking at um changing the land use regulations that were not just in the city but in the county because what when the property started out uh, the school's property was not in the city limits and it was actually county zone land so it went through just about as many levels of planning that you can do so it was it was a pretty complicated review
2: um you spoke a lot about like trying to find ways to like cater to your client vision while staying in the regulations and stuff Was there something about the school specifically that you had to like figure out ways to get around that?
0: Um, I I don't think there was so much with the school only because it was a it was pretty much a blank canvas. Well, I shouldn't say that because the the um, grade school, I mean, it was it was significantly modified and there were changes over time. But I wasn't really the one driving those changes. Those were all things that I mean, we, we talked through issues, but for the most part, that was, um, the, I mean, the school was very responsive in trying to find the, the ways that they could make things work.
1: Back in 1904, Seaside's oceanfront looked more like a Wild West theme park than the resort town we know today.
0: The Pacific
2: Pier, which stretched out onto the water from the Old Moore Hotel just north of the turnaround, was an extremely popular walkway from 1904 to 1914. Fishing, strolling, watching the sunsets, the pier was a major attraction for public gathering and place for locals and visitors alike.
1: Over the course of 10 years, the pier endured brutal weathering from storms and had to be repaired numerous times. Then, finally, after a vicious ocean swell, the pier was heavily damaged and the city of Seaside decided it was a lost cause. What are some challenges you encounter?
0: Well, I mean, the, the biggest challenge is when someone comes in with an idea and there's just, there's, there's no way you're going to get there. Um, it's it, it's it's frustrating for me, and it's frustrating for the applicants because they just they see it as a very simple request, and it's like, well, you might think it's simple, but no, this is really fraught with issues that you're not going to be at hurdles that you just can't overcome, and that's that's the challenging part because then I mean, no one likes to be told no, or at least I don't probably what everyone thinks is that I like to tell people no, and it's that's really not the case. Um there's there's lots of city rules and regulations that I have to apply. Sometimes there are things that um I may not even agree with, but because they're they're on the city books, then I have to enforce those. But again, finding finding ways where you can get someone to uh to a solution to a problem rather than just saying, no, you can't do that. It's It's no, but maybe you can do this. So it's a lot of just like puzzle solving and making things work for everybody.
1: Uh, Just kind of a random question. What's like, have you ever been in a situation where an applicant's come to you with something and you've said to yourself, I guess, there's no way I can let this happen. And then you like either consult the regulations or just find some workaround and it works out in the end.
0: Yes, there have been. I guess the best example was I, I had an applicant come in and they said, oh, well, I I, I want to be able to, I want to be able to build this shed in my, in my, basically a she shed in, in his backyard. And I thought there's, there's no way you're going to get this approved. It, it's, it's dead on arrival. And then over. Over talking it out and listening to the applicant, and then looking at the area, um, we found a way that we thought, "Oh well, you know that might be justifiable." And then they went through the the review process, and and it wound up being approved. And so that was that was one thing where I started out with, "Oh no, there's there's no way this is gonna this is gonna fly." And then ultimately, "Oh well, yeah, maybe there is a way that they can do that."
1: We probably should talk about COVID a little bit. I don't know. I I imagine it probably doesn't affect your department as much as others.
0: Well, it did. Um, In fact, we had, uh, if you would have told me two years ago, I would have been doing a Zoom meeting with our entire planning commission reviewing land use applications. I I wouldn't have even known where to start. Uh, Fortunately, there's people on my staff that are more, um, I I guess, attuned to putting on Zoom meetings than I am. Um, I've taken part in them, but... uh, the staff helps out with that a lot and we've got um we've got three other staff members in our in, in bob and i have three other staff members in our department and uh, uh both of the administrative assistants are are helpful in taking on those tasks but yeah we we held an, a complete planning commission hearing uh via zoom which i i never would have thought we'd ever do that
1: despite the challenges that that presents uh would you say it's gone pretty smoothly
0: Ours actually did. Um in fact our our uh our Zoom planning commission meeting went really well. I, I was I mean I was kind of shocked at how well it did go. Would you consider switching to Zoom
1: permanently or like any sort of
0: I I I pretty much agree the, the city manager is is really um keen on saying no, you as as a as a public body you need to be able to go in front of your your people, not just in front of a screen, but taking part in a public hearing is a lot different live than it is just (laughs) screen to screen to screen. I can see that.
1: Uh, What's your vision for the city or like your department?
0: Um, Well, I'd I'd like for the city to continue to try and find, I guess, innovative ways to address our our housing for both our local residents um, while still dealing with the fact that i mean we have a tourist economy and that gives us challenges in the in the city that it it it's almost like part of the time they're almost incompatible because one thing drives the other one out or makes it more difficult to do the other one just like our our property prices are really high in seaside because we're, we're attractive to the people who want to buy second homes. Well, then you get a second home market, and then you have no place for your local residents to work. And your local residents are the people who are like the, the ones that are promoting the tourism economy. And so it, that, that's, a, that's a challenge. And it's something that I think we're all, always going to struggle to work through. But you know, that's, that's part of the job.
1: So that's obviously a kind of in progress. But what are you guys doing right now to work on that balance?
0: Um, well, right now um the the Planning Commission recently uh put together a set of policies one One of the things that was um, pointed out as being like incompatible with our housing is that there's so many people who are trying to do um, short term rentals in their residential dwellings, and we're constantly being told well you know they they're they're, o- they're overtaking our entire residential zones. The planning commission worked long and hard to establish some policies that will hopefully well and the city council too um both of both of those groups work to try and establish policies that would help um limit vacation rentals in in a given area so that they don't become the predominant use so that so that they're spread around already they've um they've set a they've, they've pretty much created a line i mean it's been progressing over time it's become more and more restrictive as time has gone on but uh, um, right now, they restrict certain areas and say you can't have vacation rentals in these areas. Like if you go down Holiday, um, one side of Holiday, they'll uh, they'll allow for them. On the other side of Holiday, on the east side of Holiday, they won't they won't support them at all. Then you go beyond that, and they've they've set up um, like percentages within areas, saying, well, you shouldn't have a higher percentage than this within a certain area, and so that's to try and combat the fact that you don't want to just turn your residential zones on the west side of Seaside into motel zones with individual houses being used as strictly as motels.
1: For our On the Street segment, we've sent out our fellow FPLA members into the city to gather questions from the public. This question's for our planning director, Kevin
0: Couples. I'd like to know right now what the plans are on the horizon for affordable housing in our marketplace, as we all know. This has become a very serious issue, and I'd love to know how they're going to support local businesses by allowing opportunities for local development to occur that will allow more affordable housing opportunities. Thanks. Uh, there are currently preliminary plans to develop a number of new apartment complexes in the city of Seaside that may be more affordable, but their rent levels will probably not be the classic definition of affordable housing that's used by the government. Affordable is generally defined as housing on which the household is paying no more than 30% of their gross income for housing costs, including utilities. Currently, the city has formed a housing task force that is looking at ways the city may be able to help remove barriers to providing more affordable housing opportunities in Seaside, although I think the city is willing to look for local or regional opportunities to develop more subsidized housing that would be affordable for low and moderate income families. We have not started working with any local, state, federal, or private agencies yet that specialize in developing that type of housing.
2: influences have you read anything or listened to anything recently that has inspired you
0: um i'm a i'm a pretty avid listener to um, oregon public broadcasting and they have programs on all the time that are that way I, i i don't want to point out any one particular one because there's there's lots of times. Well, they even talk about it on their programming, where you have uh, driveway moments where you're listening to a story, and it's like you don't want to you don't want to turn your car off because you don't want to leave that and then run into the house to try and finish it. Um, there, there were some really good interviews with the. Uh, um, I, I remember one in particular, the um, uh, the mayor for the city of of Detroit at Detroit Lake. They were impacted severely by the by the fires. And he talked about how they, you know, how they work together, you know, the things that they had as challenges. And I think it's good to listen to how other um, Oregon communities have had to address problems and and some of the innovative ways they've they've, uh, found to solve those.
2: Yeah, that's great. Even hearing like voices from people you don't normally hear. Right. It's really good hearing their perspective on things,
0: and and you get a broad you get a broad range of of different things. I mean, they're like I said, their their programming always impresses me, and, and there are planning specific um, programs, but it sometimes it's not the planning ones that are the most interesting. It's it's some of the like some of the basic things, and you go, wow, I just never knew that. And what so, advice would you give to somebody else who is looking for this sort of thing? Don't don't just rely on. On education, but also take advantage of any internships or work study programs. Anything that will, like, I guess, expose you to doing planning work, um, and and then that'll tell you whether or not you want to do it. Um, but I, I think the the education and then practical experience is all really good. There's a state planning group that is that is really the Department of Land Conservation and Development, and they have regional um, they have regional people that help with planning at a local level. And so that's a resource that I that I, I guess, take advantage of if and when I need it. Um, They they they're there just basically to help you through the statewide because there's a statewide level of of planning, which the state set up all the statewide planning goals, which all of our plans are supposed to follow. And um, they're there to to really keep you on track with keeping within those same state wide guidelines uh what do you have going on in your personal life anything you'd like to talk about um uh, well i'm getting ready to go to my uh 40th class reunion so i'm going to be getting together with the people that i went to class with 40 years ago wow
2: that sounds fun
0: yeah have you been to other
1: reunions in the past or?
0: i have um in fact uh there's a there's a group of my former classmates so you know keep in mind um, the, the people that you're close with right now, you may be close with them for a long, long time, um, way up into adulthood. Um, they, there's a group of, of guys that I get together with, uh, not every single year, but, uh, this year with COVID, it's kind of screwed that up, but, uh, we regularly get together. Usually there's fishing involved and so we'll, we'll get together and, and just go have some fun time fishing.
2: That finishes off the episode. Thank you again to Kevin Couples for coming in and taking the time to talk to us. If you want to learn more about how things are run or want to get involved in your community, feel free to check out www.cityofseaside.us to stay updated with the latest of what's happening in Seaside, Oregon.
1: Production and editing were done by Aidan Usley and Mary Roberto. Our music was produced by Tyler Froberg. This project was coordinated with the help of John Rail and Mike Verholst. Once again, we're your hosts Aidan... And Mary. Signing off until the next episode of Seaside 101.